Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Weekly Briefing with Grant May, your weekly stop for freedom-loving Americans who don't want to be swamped by the news cycle. After a break for a couple of weeks, we are back here at the Weekly Briefing, ready to bring you an analysis of the important news that matters to patriots this week. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and rate us five stars to help us with the algorithms. Alrighty, a very big piece of news was dropped this week, and that was Biden announcing his vice presidential candidate. There's always a bunch of anticipation for who a major party candidate will select as their vice president. However, this time around, the pick was possibly more anticipated than most times. If Biden wins in November, he will be the oldest president ever elected to take office. Lots of people out there feel as though he is declining rapidly as well. 49% of Democrats have indicated that they feel Biden is currently in a state of cognitive decline. I honestly have a lot of sympathy for Joe. Obviously, no one wants to see anyone go through cognitive decline, but even more so since he was our former vice president, and there is an amount of respect that comes along with that office. These two facts, that Biden appears to be declining rapidly and that he would be the oldest president ever elected, combined together to create a ton of anticipation for whoever he would select as his vice president, as this VP could potentially have a very significant role in the next administration. Leading up to his selection, he made it clear that whoever he chose was going to be a woman and a person of color. This information significantly limited the field of possibilities and could possibly end up hurting Biden because of the obvious pandering. On Tuesday, former Vice President Biden announced that his running mate would be former presidential candidate Kamala Harris. While a shocking revelation, it had been many people's predictions because of the qualities Biden had already said he was looking for, a female person of color. Today on the Weekly Briefing, we are going to be analyzing the career and record of Kamala Harris, a possible future vice president, and even president at that. Kamala Harris is a former senator and also former attorney general of California. When she launched her bid for president over a year ago, her chances seemed incredibly strong. After the first Democratic debate, she took her skills as a prosecutor and tried Joe Biden before the American people, accusing him of supporting racist policies that actively hurt her as a little girl. The press she received after her first debate was glorious. She was heralded as the second coming of Obama, a Kennedy-esque politician. Democrats were convinced she was the one to put Trump on trial and take him out of office. She received a spike in the polls, but at future debates, it was made clear that her strengths lied in her ability to attack others, and that she had a harder time defending her own record as Attorney General. The day Kamala and the American people knew that her bid for president was over was when Representative Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii took Kamala's record to court in a debate. Gabbard revealed that as Attorney General, Kamala had locked up more than 1,500 people for smoking marijuana while laughing and downplaying her own use of the drug. Gabbard then went on to detail how Kamala had tried to suppress evidence that would get an innocent man off of death row. From that moment on, Kamala's bid for the presidency was over, and she tanked in the polls. Looking for anything to regain momentum, Senator Harris said she believed and fully supported Joe Biden's sexual assault accusers. Seeing no visible path to the nomination, Kamala Harris dropped out of the race, but didn't endorse anyone until it became clear three months later that Biden was the only one who could win the nomination. 
All right, so Biden kind of backed himself into a corner when he decided that the qualifications for his vice president must be their physical qualities, a woman and person of color, rather than their character and their record. It is somewhat surprising that Biden chose Senator Harris to be his running mate, given that she appears far more radical than him. Her obvious strengths lie in the fact that she can be very well-spoken and has a very powerful command of an audience. She would be a far more dangerous opponent in a debate against President Trump than former Vice President Biden would. But with these advantages, there are also some pretty glaring disadvantages to selecting Kamala Harris as well. Aside from Representative Tulsi Gabbard's epic takedown of Harris, Kamala has accused her current running mate of some pretty glaring stuff. This poses a unique challenge and question to the now vice presidential candidate. Was she sincere in her attacks, or was she merely maligning Biden's character in order to try and get ahead and capture his base? When Senator Harris accused her current running mate of siding with segregationists to support policies that, if they had succeeded, would have, in her own words, kept her and President Obama from ever holding office, was she sincere in her attack? Was Senator Harris being honest in her labeling of Biden as a racist? Being dubbed a racist in today's world is one of the worst labels you can be called. Those who are accused of racism often lose jobs, friends, and good faith. To be dubbed a racist is to be ostracized from society. If Senator Harris was sincere in her remarks, why is she now actively supporting and linking up with a racist? Surely she isn't a racist herself. The other option, which I find a lot more plausible, is that Senator Harris is reminiscent of the American founder Aaron Burr. Burr constantly switched sides in arguments and would jump parties simply because he felt like he could gain more power and popularity there. Those who have seen the play Hamilton will have seen this so brilliantly demonstrated. Burr did not have a ton of conviction and was willing to sell out ideas and allies to better his standing. Kamala most likely saw attacking Biden as a racist as merely a way to seal his fate and clinch the nomination for herself, giving little regard to what her actions would do to Biden's personal life. She did this a second time as well. When Biden was being accused of sexual assault claims, his current pick for VP said she believed his accusers. As bad as being a racist is, and it is awful, it is far worse to be a sexual assaulter. Rather than allowing facts to come out and waiting to see evidence of Biden's actions, Senator Harris said she believed the accusers. Does Kamala truly believe Biden assaulted young women? If so, then why is she currently actively trying to get him elected to the highest office in the land? It seems likely that she did something far more problematic, however. It seems as if she was willing to malign and ruin an innocent man's life in order to capitalize on his downfall. It seems as though she was seeking to cheapen the pain true survivors of assault have experienced in order to grasp more political power. While Kamala Harris's way with words will be a vital plus to the Biden campaign, they should be far more concerned with her willingness to try and ruin lives to help her get ahead. Based on the looks of it, the Trump campaign is eager to use Kamala's words and actions against her and try her in the American court of public opinion. Time will tell whether the pick will help or hurt the perceived moderate campaign of Joe Biden, but one thing is for sure, 
the addition of Kamala Harris to the ticket has significantly hurt the Biden campaign's perception of moderation. Alrighty, that concludes this week's episode. Like I said before, please subscribe and leave a review to help with the algorithms. For now, I'm Grant May. Find me on Instagram at common underscore since underscore America underscore. Until next time, this has been your weekly briefing.